you are listening to episode 11 of the Travel Snacks Podcast, a podcast about eating, dating, travel tips, and living a remote working lifestyle. I'm Allison Sharp, your snacking host. In today's episode, I talk about how I nearly escaped death, I rant about the thong song, and I describe what's in a lomito completo, all from awesome Alta Gracia, Argentina. Hello, lovers, and welcome back to Travel Snacks Podcast. And for those of you that are just joining the podcast, welcome. So you guys probably, some of you might be wondering, like, why do I start the show by saying hello, lovers? And some of you might be like, lovers, I'm not your lover. But the way I look at it is lovers are people that love and I love. I love people. I love things, places, everything. So I am just full of love and I want to give the love out. So you guys are just part of my love squad and I just want to greet you and tell you that I love you. If nobody's told you that today, I do. So that might sound cheesy, but you know what? There's a lot of junk going around in the world, so I just like to keep it positive and so that's the way I like to greet my show. So accept the love, don't reject the love, and it's all good. So today we have a really packed episode and actually there's so much in this area that I was in that it's going to be a three-parter. It's going to be like, so basically what I'm talking about is Argentina, and I'm talking about the area of Cordoba, Uh, and we're going to get into that right now. So when I left you guys last, I was in Mendoza, Argentina, and that was uh, the wine country. So if you haven't checked out that episode, you should definitely check that out because there's a lot in there as well. But then when I left Mendoza, um, so just rewind a little bit. So I was traveling with my friend Angel and as you may have known from another episode, we had some challenges booking our travels together because she booked hers first and then by the time I went to go book my ticket for things, those flights were either booked or they were just a lot more. So some of the flights we weren't able to take together, even though we were traveling together, which is kind of crazy. But anyways, this was one of those times. So my flight left early in the morning. I got on my fly. I got to Cordova. And the cool thing is, this is like the highlight of going to Cordova, is that I have a co-worker that lives there. So I want to give a really wonderful, awesome Shout out to my friend Luis and his wife Sophia and their daughter Frida and their whole entire family, which I'll be talking a lot about them in these few episodes. So traveling around the world is really fun and awesome. It comes with its challenges, but it's really a great thing. However, if you have friends in other countries, it's like the best thing because number one, they speak the language and number two, they're usually very accommodating and number three, they know a lot of things about the area so you can kind of let your guard down a little bit you can get more relaxed and you don't have to do all the legwork because they're going to tell you about things and they're going to take you places uh, that you don't even have to know about because they already know about it so that's what happened when I got to Cordoba so when I got to the airport my friend Luis picked me up and he was like hey do you want to go have brunch and I was like yeah like that's the greatest thing. Like after taking a flight to go eat, I was like, definitely. So we drove, it was like maybe 20 minutes from the airport to this restaurant. It was called Marie Antoinette. And it was a great little like cafe restaurant. It was decorated with like white and blue, just really clean and crisp. And 
very cute and just really like I don't want to say the word trendy but it was just really kind of like modern clean lines like definitely Instagram worthy and I just really just thought it was a very cute place and it was um, I'm pretty sure they have breakfast lunch and dinner if I'm not mistaken but this was during brunch time and their menu had a lot of different things on it but I ended up getting a brunch bowl and it was a bowl with like eggs toast avocado uh, and tomato and it was just seasoned perfectly it was so good it was a hearty breakfast it was like awesome and wonderful and I got a coffee and so we all just sat there eating our breakfast brunch bowls and it was really great it was a great way to start at the morning especially like when you fly and although this flight wasn't very long so it was maybe like I want to say but an hour or less so one of the things we talked about at breakfast was the pronunciation because as an American I don't speak Spanish and you know my accents are not the greatest so we were talking about how to pronounce Cordoba because Americans like well I, I could just say that most Americans would probably pronounce it Cordoba but you got to give it a little flair so we sat there and kind of talked about the pronunciation and so it was like Cordova, 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 Cordova and so basically I think the way you say it I've been just practicing but I think it's Cordova and I kind of throw a little V in there, even though it's with a B. So if that's a little tip for you to say it a little bit better, a little bit more Argentinian, then that's a better way to pronounce it. After we ate, we had to make a few stops because it was Frida's fourth birthday. So they were having a big birthday party the same day that I flew in. So I was trying to stay out of their way, but they, you know, when you're throwing a birthday party for your child, there's a lot going on. So we stopped over at this really cute cute bakery which happens to be Sophia's cousin and by the way side note Sophia has so many cousins like if like it was kind of the running joke because like if you needed anything Sophia would be like yeah I have a cousin that does that too so it was just really funny and I'm sure I'll talk more about that in other episodes so we went over to her cousin's bakery it's called El Amalen El Amalen I can't even say it, El Alma Len Bakery. And she was making the cake, um, actually two cakes for this birthday party, and they looked amazing. So if you're ever in Cordova, then you should definitely check out that bakery because the work there was impeccable. It was beautiful. And I was told that I needed to, to try the alfajores, which are shortbread cookies filled with dulce de leche. The alfajores they are cookies and you know I have a serious love for cookies so I was like yeah so I got a pack of um, three cookies and these are like homemade homemade these are not just like you know store-bought mass manufactured cookies so three of them were like um, you know totally fine the shortbread was really buttery and it kind of crumbled but it was just like a good flavor and then the dulce de leche was also really creamy and delicious so um, they were like little bite-sized um, cookies so it was definitely something that was rich to eat but it was just also like really tasty so um, when you're in Argentina and also just in other areas of South America it's something that's known in South America so you should definitely give that a try so after we checked in on the cake we went back to Luis and Sofia's house and they were prepping for this party. So I was like, yeah, let me pitch in, let me help. And Sophia was making homemade quiches. 
but I thought that was really cool. So I videoed her making these little quiches and it seemed so like, I don't know, I'm not a cook. I, I don't like to cook. I mean, I can hold my own in terms of like making stuff, but in general, I'm not, I'm not really into that. So I really wanted to see how it was made and just to see like how much effort was put into making this such a great little birthday party. So inside these little mini quiches was shredded carrots, squash, onions, uh, and it was um, bound with egg. And then in the center, she popped a little square of cream cheese inside there, put it on top of this, uh, this like rounded dough. They were like prepackaged little doughs. And then just like folded them up into like little like flowers kind of thing. And I was like, that is so cute. And I just, I don't know, maybe like for those of you that cook, it's probably like, you're probably like, okay, so that's basic. But to me, I'm like, that seems like crazy extensive. Like I would probably never do that for just any party. I would probably just buy like basic stuff. So I'm impressed by little things like that. And I just think that's so great. And I did not get to taste those quiches, which I'm a little disappointed because they looked super good. And next time I'm in that area, I'm definitely going to have to give that a try. Or you never know, one day I might just try to like break out some of those ingredients and make it myself. But like, who am I kidding? That's probably not going to happen. But in my mind, I feel like maybe I might at some point try that. You never know. And if I ever do, I will let you guys know. So that was like a total side tangent. But anyways... We decorated and it looked so cute. And then they were like, you can stay if you'd like, but you know, you don't have to stay for the parties. It could be like a lot of kids and stuff like that. And I'm like, my kid days are kind of over. Like, yeah, I think I'll like get ready to go to my Airbnb. Now, when we were getting ready for this party, Angel arrived at the airport and she, I told her to just come to Luis and Sophia's house, but she just wanted to get to the Airbnb. So she took a Remy, which is like a taxi over to the Airbnb. She got over there and she couldn't find the Airbnb. It, like she was like walking up and down the street. So she called us and I put Sophia on the phone because I don't know the area. But Sophia knew like the area. And so she could, just couldn't find this Airbnb. So come to find out the addresses on some of the streets are like just not in order. They're not like how it is in America where they are sequential. It was not that way. So... She was just walking up and down the street and uh, luckily Sophia was able to, you know, get on the messaging with the host and just work it out, which is, again, another great thing about going somewhere where you have friends in the area because they can like work all these details out. I decided that um, since everybody was going to start arriving to the party that I would go ahead and just get a taxi over to the Airbnb as well. So I get to this Airbnb and it's super cute. It's a two bedroom two bath really nice and lovely but there's only one set of keys and I was like okay so can we get another set of keys because even though we're traveling together we do different things and she's like no they said no and this is another tip is like if you're traveling and you are going to get an Airbnb just send a message and if you're traveling if you're traveling with somebody else ask if there's going to be more than one set of keys if if it's like a, a place that you have to use keys a lot of Airbnbs nowadays use the doors that have the codes on them which is really convenient but if they're using standard keys and they only give you one set it's a problem because here's the thing with this Airbnb you needed a key to get into the gate that even gets you into the front door. Okay, so that's one key. Then you need the key to the front door of the apartment complex. That's another key. 
then you have to use your key in the elevator to get the elevator to go up to the 13th floor. And then when you get up to your Airbnb door, you have to use that key to get into the actual unit. So those are three different keys that you need to get into and out of the apartment. You can't even leave this apartment without the keys. So even if one of us wanted to go do something and we're like, okay, you take the keys, there's no way to get out, let alone get back in. So that is a total problem. And like, it's something you don't really ever think about until it's happening to you. But it was like a total downer. That was strike one for this Airbnb. Even though it was lovely, that was strike one. Strike two was that there was two bedrooms, but the one that had the queen bed had the air conditioner. The one that had two twin beds had no air conditioner. And then there was an air conditioning unit in the living room. Now, we were in South America during summertime. So it's hot, it's humid, it's sweaty. So by Angel getting there first, she went ahead and just put her luggage in the room with the air conditioner. Well, in all fairness, I'm the kind of person that's usually not, doesn't get too hot, especially like when I'm sleeping and stuff. So it's usually not like a really big deal. However, in South America, it became a little more of a big deal. So I was like, oh, so are you just taking this room? And she's like, well, you know, and then I was like, I mean, okay. So that was kind of a bummer. And so I went into the room with the two singles and it was just hot and stuffy. Like it just wasn't good. So I was like, okay, so this is the part of traveling that I don't love because, you know, as a 45-year-old woman, you want to be comfortable on travels. And so I was like, you know what, I'm not going to sleep in here. So I went into the living room and I ended up sleeping on the couch. So for the whole duration of that stay, which was like a week, I ended up sleeping on the couch because of the air. And it was not like the most comfortable, but it wasn't like super uncomfortable. Like I didn't die, obviously, like I was fine. Um, but you know, it's like when you're traveling, you want to have the comfort. And especially like since I work, you know, when I'm traveling, it's like you want to have a good night's sleep and you want to feel comfortable. So that was, you know, strike number two. And that's another thing that you don't know until you get into the Airbnbs because the thing is, is like, they don't list that. It just says if they have AC or not. It doesn't tell you how many they have or what rooms have them. That was strike two. Strike three is going to come in another episode because it was the way that this host was just behaving and she was not really nice. She was kind of snippy. Um, so that was strike three. So it kind of sucks because other than those things, like the the place itself was very nice. It was a really beautiful view. So once we checked in, we were hungry. And so we went to a place in downtown and it was just like this like bar restaurant. I think it was called Antares. Antares? A-N-T-I-R-E-S. I'm not sure. Uh, so it was just like, you know, a burgers and beer kind of place. So we went in there and it was lively. There was a lot of people in there. It was a real loud vibe, but it was also kind of cool because they were playing late 90s hip-hop, which I love that. And so they were playing like Snoop, Warren G, House of Pain, like all, all the cool things that you could like get a vibe to. But this guy that was waiting on us, I mean, you know, I try to be nice and like I'm not really judgy, but this guy was a dumb dumb. Like, so, okay, 
I ordered a salad and I wanted to get the dressing on the side. So I was like pointing to the menu salad and then I was pointed to the word like it was Caesar dressing. So that's the only like name on the menu that would be the dressing. I pointed that and I just motioned like on the side and he just like looked and blinked and like it wasn't like he was trying to be difficult. Like he literally just like did not like he just wasn't putting two and two together. So there was this girl sitting next to us and she spoke Spanish and she's like, do you guys want me to help you? And I'm like, yes, please. Cause he's just like not getting it. And so she like spoke to this waiter in Spanish and she's like explaining like she wants the salad, but she wants the dressing on the side. And he was just like on the side. Like, what does that mean? Like, like, I don't even know how else to explain on the side, like not on the lettuce, but like on the side so I can put my own dressing on. And then I was just like, like, forget it. Just bring the whole salad together. Like, it just doesn't even matter at this point because he was just like not getting it. Like, I was like, what is so hard about this concept? So that was a little strange. And that just is like, goes to show you that, you know, even if you're in a language that you don't know, some people are just dum-dums in all languages. It's just, sometimes you just get what you get. So um, when we were listening to the 90s hip hop, it was really fun and everybody's kind of getting into it and stuff. And then they played Cisco's Thong Song. And so, you know, I've heard Thong Song like a billion times. But this time, I don't know, like I was just like singing it and I was just like, she got dumps like a truck, truck, truck. And I was like, dumps like a truck? Like, what is a dumps like a truck? Like, I know what a dump truck is, but like, how does that compare to a girl's booty like it's just a weird just thing to say about a butt because nobody wants to have dump butt like I don't know what the writer of the song like was thinking you got dumps like a truck that doesn't even make any sense like you're gonna like unload some dirt and that seems like pooping and that's not a good image so like when a guy's thinking about a girl's butt he was doesn't want to think about a dump truck so I mean like I mean this song's been around for a long time I'm sure people have talked about it before, but like, I guess I'm just like getting it and thinking about these lyrics and I'm like, that's not a good way to describe a booty. So, but I don't know. I feel like they could have did better with that. So I don't know. That's my little side note about dumps like a truck. I have a lot of tangents today, so bear with this episode. <laughs> so after we got done eating, we went over to this little like square that had a really cool like lighted fountain and it was super social. There was like so many people out and about families which is such a thing that I love about South America. Everybody's super social and just, I don't know, like always out and about. And so um, they had like this really festive, like Spanish music playing and it would like be in tune with the water fountain. So it would like spurt up at like different beats, like on the notes and stuff. I don't know, I just really thought that was super cool and just really festive, but um, we had to get back to the Airbnb because we were doing something super special the next day. We were going to the countryside with Luis and Sophia and Frida. So when people say countryside, like my vision of a countryside is just like, you know, like horses and, you know, things you see in movies. So it seems really fancy to me when someone says we're going to go to the countryside. And I was just like, didn't even know what to expect, but I was very excited about this. So they picked us up at our Airbnb and the countryside from the downtown area is about like a 40 minute drive. So we get to through the highway and stuff. And then we turn on this road and it starts to become like a super bumpy 
like dirt road and I was like where are we going like what kind of countryside is this like I don't even know but it was also really pretty like like on the sides of the road there was just like a lot of greenery and then we went by this river which I guess is the Anascate River I looked it up and that's what it was called um, and it was just like choppy rapidy river and there was a lot of people out there because we were there during their summer so there's a lot of kids they're out of school and like their families and they're having like the whole situation out there so it was just really fun so we drove for quite a while down this bumpy road and so then it just started to get even more lush and green and beautiful all these pretty trees and I was just like this is so cool so we were just driving along and um, we got to this beautiful like golf course resort type place and it was just kind of like situated in this like mountain mountain area which I looked up before this episode it's called Sierras de Chicas uh, which is the easternmost range of mountains of central Argentina and it was just like such a beautiful wonderful place and so the name of this like compound or resort area is called and it's very difficult for me to pronounce it so I'll put this in the show notes but it's called El Portrerio del wait El Portrer no no El Portrerio de Loreta basically this used to be part this is going to be like history time so Put on your little glasses if you wear glasses because I'm taking you to school right now. I looked all this information up and I find it fascinating. And when I talk about history, I am probably going to like get some of the facts wrong. So you have to like study this out for yourself. But this is Allison's little schoolhouse of history. So just bear with me and go with it. So basically this this kind of area, this like golf course area used to be part of the Jesuit block. And Jesuits are like the Society of Jesus. And I'm going to go into that a little bit more because I'm going to talk about going to the Jesuit block. But anyway, it used to be part of the Jesuit block. And then it was acquired by Enrique Lareda. He was an Argentine writer. And he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for Literature 10 times. Now, he never won because the years that he was nominated, he, well, a couple of those years obviously someone else won it but like two or three of those years they didn't even give out the peace prize that year they like donated the money for some other stuff and I'm like I'd be salty if I got no like nominated for the peace prize and then they're like yeah we're not going to do it this year and it was like a couple different years that happened and I was like oh man I'd be like pissed but so I don't know what his state of mind was but he was a writer and he did a bunch of other stuff but he acquired the countryside area in 1918 and then in 1995 his grandson Ignacio Zuberbuller inherited this land and so they started building on this land and they built an 18-hole golf course and this golf course is beautiful I'm not even in golf at all but this is a golf course that I would be if someone invited me to go golfing I'd be like yeah I'll just go so I can walk around the grounds and just look at it and it was actually voted the number three best golf course in the world now I could just be making that up but from what I read I'm pretty sure that's what it said so it was gorgeous like it was just so pretty like oh my gosh it was just like on this like lake and just like the flowers and just the architecture of the buildings oh it was just amazing so when we pulled up to this golf course they had a clubhouse and we were going there to eat lunch and I was like this is fancy and so we went in there and there was only a few other like 
tables for, with people and stuff. So we pretty much had the place to ourselves. I was really pulled between ordering the salmon and the steak because I love both of those. And I was just like really wanting something hearty and delicious. And I ended up going with the steak and I was not disappointed. It was steak and mashed potatoes. And you know, there's a certain way to make mashed potatoes. The thing is like, it's gotta be really creamy. It's gotta be buttery. It's just got to be the right consistency. And these mashed potatoes. Oh. And now a snack break. Today's episode is brought to you by credit card fraud. Well, not actually the fraud part, but, but maybe credit card companies that have fraud departments. So when I was in Cordova, Argentina, I got an email from my credit card company telling me that some knucklehead in California was charging up my credit card with stuff like restaurants and laundromat things. And I'm like, who would charge up something at a laundromat? But anyway, so I had to have them cancel my card and then have them ship me a new card to Argentina. And I was like, I'm only gonna be here for like a week more, so y'all better hurry. But they were super nice and they overnighted, which isn't really overnight from US to Argentina, but they did their best and they got it to me. And I was really grateful to that company. And they're not sponsoring me, so I'm not gonna shout out whoever that card is. But if you are a credit card company and you'd like to sponsor this podcast, I would definitely feature you on this podcast, especially if you have travel perks like no foreign transaction fees and ATM fee reimbursement. So if you would like to be a sponsor on this podcast, hit me up, snack at travelsnackspodcast.com. And now back to the show. And these mashed potatoes they were so good. I wanted to just like have like 10 plates of that. But this big steak was huge and the mashed potatoes, there was a lot of those too. So I couldn't even finish my whole meal. And also side note about that steak and mashed potatoes, I did want to take it home and I did, but I didn't have enough room in my backpack. So I asked Angel if she could put it in hers and she did. And then we had a lot more walking around to do later that day. And by the time we got back to our Airbnb and she unloaded her backpack, my steak and mashed potatoes fell out of the container and into the bottom of her backpack and it was all messed up and I felt bad. Well, I felt bad for both of us to be honest because I felt bad for her mostly because her backpack was like smeared with mashed potatoes, but I felt bad for me a lot as well because I lost my steak and mashed potatoes and it was like a delicious meal and that was going to be my leftovers and I was actually like almost shedding a tear because I was not going to eat, be able to eat the rest of those mashed potatoes. So that was a loss. But anyway, um, the chef at the clubhouse is named Chef Martin Zuzulich. And if you have time, you should read up on this guy and his family because they're like, they come from a long line of chefs. And I was reading up on the story and it's very fascinating. So I'm really like into research and stuff like that and history and I don't spend a lot of time doing it, but for these episodes, I usually check up on all these things later because when you travel, it's like you might hear stories or like know what, like what people are telling you about it at the time, but then there's always like a backstory and it's usually pretty interesting. So I was reading up on this chef and his family and they're like bosses. Like one of his brothers, I think is like a uh, chef at a two Michelin star restaurant in Spain. It's just pretty amazing. So I would definitely look that up. So we had our wonderful lunch 
uh, we sat there and just chit chatted and just had dessert and it was just awesome. It was like such a great time. I just felt like part of their family and it was just wonderful. And then, you know, a few more people started coming in, but it was never like crowded to the point where you felt like you couldn't talk or, you know, it was just too much. So we sat there for quite a while and then, um, they were like, Oh, let's go over to this other place. That's actually like a restaurant and a hotel. I did look up the hotel on those grounds and I kept putting in all these different dates and it kept saying sold out, but I found just one random date and it said it was like only $93 a night, which I'm telling you for this area, like, you know me, I'm real frugal. So for the most part, I try to keep my accommodations $50 or less, but this definitely is a place that I would spend $100 a night. Actually, I'd probably spend $200 a night just because of the experience. There's restaurants on there, there's golf course, there's, you know, a chapel, there's just the grounds you feel so at peace and it's just like one of those experiences where you just feel like you're taken away from the craziness of life so I definitely definitely recommend that and so we went over there and like if you go inside there's like this like the restaurant is like really decorated like really like colonial and like Spanish and stuff and then outside of these like tables just like on these grand lawns and it's just overlooking the lake and the trees and the countryside and we sat out there and I kind of felt like the vibe of like Alice in Wonderland like outside with like having tea because we had tea and coffee and I was just like you know there's times in your life where you're just like sometimes you're just almost speechless you're just like this is happening to me right now like I feel so grateful like I just love this so much I want to live here and I'm definitely planning to go back for sure because this was like such a great experience so I loved it it was so wonderful we sat there and sipped our coffee and our tea and we just talked and just ugh, such a great memory I just I just love it so much and this all this whole area is part of a community called Alta Gracia so we sat there for a while and then we just like walked around the grounds taking pictures and it was just so nice and also on the grounds there's a chapel it's made of limestone and it's from 1927 and there is a, a statue of the virgin mary in there that i think the nobel peace nominated guy loretta i think he like is the one that carved it it's just like so cool it's like all these families came together and just made something so beautiful and this area is part of the UNESCO um, World Heritage Sites. So definitely, if you go to Cordova, you like must, must, must go to this area. Uh, it's just like one of the greatest experiences that I've ever had. So after we left the resort area, we drove back down through the bumpy road and then we went into the city of Alta Gracia. Um, we stopped and we walked around. There was like tents with people selling like their little wares, you know, like jewelry and incense and all these different things and it was really cute the cute little town we didn't spend a lot of time because we spent a lot of time in the countryside so we wanted to also get back but we spent a little time there because we went to the jesuit block in estacia de cordova and it's like a kind of like a museum church kind of thing where you go in and um, you take a tour of like how the jesuits lived back in the day so the jesuits like i said earlier they're a society the society of jesus and they're basically like part of the Catholic Church and they were like these guys that got it popping and they like went into like the vow of celibacy and just like the whole situation of all that and then they would like go and educate people and do all these things. So they came to Argentina and they you know got this compound for in like the year 1615 and they were there living like this until 1767 until the Spanish kicked them out and they're like yeah you can't be here anymore. So 
they they boned out they left and then um so they like kind of I don't know if they preserved this place that I was taking a tour or if it was just like a museum that they just like replicated. I think it was like this is where they were and then they like spruced it back up so you could see. But they had like replicas of like a typical bedroom, a typical kitchen, um, how they worked, like what their lives were like. Um, they had different statues and things like that. Now, these Jesuits, when they were able to come back, like after the Spanish rule was like not a thing anymore, or I don't even know. Um, they came back in 1853 and then they took back over and then I'm not sure like what happened to them after the fact because like we're in 2019 now so I don't know where they went or like what they're doing now but um, you can go take a tour and so you just like check in I, I think it was just like a dollar and then you just have to leave your backpack because they don't want people walking around with like backpacks like I don't know why because everything is behind like a rope divider so you can't take anything but I guess you know some people might try to do something crazy so they make you leave your backpack but I didn't because I was like, no, nah, I got my stuff in here and I don't like to do that. So they let us carry our backpacks as long as we put them in front of us. And I think part of it is because they didn't want anyone to get their stuff stolen. But um, I felt really safe there. So I don't know. I don't know what that was all about. But uh, there's also a big, beautiful church there as well. The interior was just really um, ornate and really pretty. But it was really funny because on one of the confessionals, there was a, a dog in there like laying upside down just like chilled out in the confessional and it was the funniest looking thing so I took a picture and that'll be in, on my website and in the YouTube but it was just really funny to see a dog just chilling he's like hey dogs can get blessed too like you know maybe he had his confessions maybe he was drunk and he was like hey I just need a place to sleep and then I'll confess my sins I don't know but it was really kind of funny to see that so after we did that you know we went back and it was a long day and it was just such a wonderful experience but something that wasn't nice was the experience that I had I don't know I think it was later that night or the next day now this is a traumatic experience for me this is going to be in the title of this podcast and I promise you this is not clickbait and it's not like I'm just like making this up or being like dramatic because I definitely can be dramatic and I exaggerate sometimes. But this is not one of those times. Like I'm just being for reals here. Okay. So like I said, this Airbnb was a two bedroom, two bathroom. So I had my own bathroom. So the shower, I turn on the water. And there was like this little like rubber mat in there that you can stand on. But it has those little suction cups. But when I turned on the water to the shower, the drain wasn't draining very well. So it was like building up water in the tub so I removed that plastic thing that you stand on and so I got in the shower and it was super slippery when I like got in because again there was like an inch or two of water already and I was just trying to get in there and take a quick shower because I didn't want the like tub to fill up when you know when I was taking a shower so I'm standing there taking a shower just trying to stay in one spot and I put soap on my face and then I realized that I don't have my washcloth so I have my eyes closed and I reach back on the soap stand behind me, um, which was like on the wall, and I literally slipped and flipped like out of the shower. I'm trying to like explain this so that you could like really visually see this. I'm standing there naked, eyes closed, soap on my face. I reach back to the right. And I flip out backwards and fall out of the tub onto my back. Okay. This is already terrible. 
But the way this bathroom was set up is there was the sink on the left and a bidet and a toilet on the right. And there was a very narrow passage in between those things. So the way that I fell out of the shower, I fell straight back. And this all happened so fast when it was happening, I really couldn't even get my bearings together. And I feel like I tried to reach for the sink to like brace my fall. And I hit my arm and my elbow on the sink. Um, and then I just fell like straight back. And I just lay there with my eyes closed because I had soap on my face and my eyes. And I was just like, I think I just died. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm dead right now. And then if I'm not dead, my arm is broken and I'm afraid to look because I feel like just, like my elbow bone is probably sticking out of my arm. So I was like blind and I was trying to reach for anything to like wipe my eyes so I could see what was happening. Like if I was going to meet Jesus or if I was like going to see that my arm was just like hanging off to the side or I don't know what I was going to see. So I finally just kind of grabbed around until I found I was able to reach up and grab the towel. I wiped my eyes off and I look and I'm just like literally perfectly in between the sink and the toilet on the floor and I'm like oh my god thank you lord jesus above this is a total miracle I am not kidding because it was such a narrow passage I'm gonna put I took a picture I'm gonna put the picture on my website and on youtube because I don't know like if I would have felt any other way any other direction I would have smacked my head and probably had a either concussion or a big gash on my head or died or if I fell off to the other side, I would have like cracked my head on the bidet or the toilet, which would be terrible because that'd be a crap way to die. <laughs> Literally, like that suck. I'd be pissed like as I died hitting my head on a flipping toilet. I finally get my eyes clear enough to just like see. I look at my arm and nothing's wrong with my arm. Like I can't even tell you. I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't believe it. So I get in real slow. I finish like washing up and then I like slowly get back out I can't even believe that that happened <sighs> so the last thing I want to talk about is another restaurant that we went to just um, a couple nights later to this restaurant called Santa Calma and it is a really cool vibe over there like they had like an outdoor seating area with like all these like pretty lights outside and then there was indoor and they had a really cool menu Lots of cool drinks and stuff like that. Um, but one of the things that they're known for is the Lomito or the Loma, Lomo, which is a loin sandwich or steak sandwich. Um, this is a thing that you need to get when you're in Argentina. It's something they're known for. And Sophia was kind enough to like translate the menu for us and explain what it is. So we got that. And because the Lomito is very big, it's something that you can either eat by yourself if you're super hungry or you can get one and just save the other half for a leftover or you can do what we did we just got one and shared because it was just really big but it's got like different things inside it it's, it's a sandwich but it's really tasty it's got like kind of unique flavors I think we got the chicken lomo um, or lomo di pollo I think it's called um, but they have like they're I think they're more known for the steak one but it's got like chicken I think it's got ham lettuce and some other stuff in there like mayonnaise and whatever whatever but I'm not doing like the best job of explaining it because it's hard to describe because it's like it is just a sandwich but because the flavors are more like unique to Argentina it's something that like they're known for so I would recommend that place and I would recommend getting that sandwich so I've talked your ear off in this episode I have a couple more episodes about Cordoba 
Argentina that I'll be talking about and the stories just get even better and better. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed this. Um, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast if you do like it. I know that's like inconvenient because it's not easy to like make a rating, especially if you don't have iTunes. If you have iTunes, I'd be so appreciated if you can rate and review me on iTunes. But if you don't, you can go on Stitcher. It's an app and it's also just a website. And you can just search Travel Snacks Podcast and then you can rate. Hopefully you give me five stars because I'm trying to make this a five-star podcast. You can just give me a rating and just even if it's a short couple words or a phrase or a paragraph or whatever, I would truly appreciate it because it really lets me know that you guys are getting something out of this podcast. And if there's something you'd like to see, put it in the review. Like if there's, you know, a topic you want me to talk about, it doesn't even have to be exactly about travel or snacks, but whatever. I'm open. Just leave me a review and I would really appreciate that. Also, another thing that I will request kindly is that you guys subscribe because that way, every time a new episode comes out, it'll go into your queue and you'll already be able to know about it. And if there's anything that I've missed or left out about Cordova, Argentina, or something that you want to tell me about that, then hit me up. You can send me a message on Instagram. And I think I'm going to be ramping up my Facebook page for Travel Snacks Podcast because it's a great place for me to post pictures and stuff of like the things I talk about in these episodes. And also it's a lot easier to like get everybody to be able to talk about different things in the episode. So in the next few episodes, you'll probably see my Facebook ramped up a little bit more. So that's it for today about Alta Gracia and Cordoba, Argentina. I hope you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, or evening whenever you're listening to this podcast. And until next time, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Travel Snacks Podcast. Please subscribe and review the podcast on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram at Travel Snacks Podcast and send a message by email to snack at travelsnackspodcast.com.